I was going to make a really corny joke. Oh, what were you going to say? Let's hear it. <laughs> I was going to say something like, but you got the 98 degrees because you're so hot. Yeah, that's going to get cut. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to episode six. Six of yeah. the Overtone Window podcast. It's You already know who I am. I work in media. This is... I'm Delaney, and I work in education as a middle school math teacher. And we're going to go through my Twitter and see what Delaney thinks of it today. First up, you retweeted a tweet that has a link to an article. Mm-hmm. Um, you said, kill me. And it's a tweet from the one and only Dr. Oz. And Dr. Oz says, quote, For centuries, we have used ast- astrological signs to examine our personality and how we interact with those around us. However, these signs may reveal a great deal about our health as well. Discover what your astrological sign can tell you about your health. Quote. Why did you tweet, kill me? Well, Delaney, what can your astrological sign tell you about your health? I haven't read the article, so I'm not quite sure yet. Nothing. Your astrological sign can tell you nothing about your health. How I'll, are you I'll so save sure? You the, I'll save you the... <laughs> because there's been zero scientific literature that shows astrology has any correlation or causation with an individual's life all right so let me ask you this why tweet about why tweet it then why tweet it and say kill me if it is really just not even important oh i just thought it was shameless for a television doctor who was supposed to be a man of medicine to tweet and share something that was obviously so unscientific so why don't you add in your tweet instead of just saying kill me something of value for the rest of the people who are following you well you make a good point i was just annoyed do you know who dr oz is yes do you follow dr oz no so why would you even see this tweet i saw that tweet because i think ben shapiro retweeted it and he commented on his retweet saying a lot of science going on here as in sarcastically and i was like yeah kill me so it was on someone else's that you follow yeah I don't. I mean, I'm not even like. I don't even agree with Ben Shapiro most of the time, but I try to follow a eclectic group of individuals. Ben Shapiro. Do you do you know who Ben Shapiro is? I recognize that name, but you want to enlighten. He's a very popular conservative figure at the moment, who uh, gives lectures at college campuses. You know, appears on CNN and all the television networks. He's much more classical conservative, not like a Trump fan. Okay. Do you like Dr. Oz? I don't really follow Dr. Oz. I just know he's got a television show, but I've never watched it in my whole life. So I don't really trust much that a TV doctor says. But he is on Trump's health care committee. Is he? Yeah, I was reading some of the um, response tweets. I don't really know what those are called. <laughs> and they were like um, talking about how he is on Trump's committee. This is what... Somewhere on here. FYI, he's a member of Trump's health, fitness, and nutrition panel. Right. Um, well, this clears all the astrology thing up. You are plugging a book. <laughs> Dr. Oz is plugging a book? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's basically an advertisement, but he just doesn't disclose it. I suppose so. Perhaps I'm just ultra sensitive to this as my father is a doctor, and my uncle is a doctor, and my grandfather is a doctor, and my best friend is in medical school. Okay, so what happened? Why didn't you follow the trend here? Oh, just that I'm like 
surrounded by a world of like legitimate doctors and so when i see something that's so obviously unscientific being promoted by a doctor i have a particular disdain for it oh i know i was just asking what happened why you didn't become a doctor but it was oh because i because i have low iq oh yeah we know this couldn't (laughs) couldn't even make it through undergraduate let alone medical school yeah oh a little concerned yeah. You like to joke that between the two of us, we have two degrees. This is true. You cannot take credit for <laughs> It's fine, I guess. Think of it as like a redistribution of degrees. Uh-huh. It's part of your liberal values. Shall we redistribute the wealth yeah. as well in the cost that these degrees incurred? No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, let's just move on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, your next tweet is a retweet. You retweeted Katie Herzog. She said 2018 in one image. And the image is a screenshot of a Facebook status with comments below it. The Facebook status is from someone that is, we do not know. It's like blacked out. It says, quote, looking for resources, calling all social workers Slash anyone with knowledge of how to connect a wheelchair-bound individual with shelter. My neighbor has recently been kicked out of her home. She has rheumatoid arthritis, which has left her chair-bound and unable to take care of her ADLS. We've been helping her with the hotel for the time being, but obviously this is not sustainable. She's not appropriate for a shelter as she needs assistance with toileting, etc. The internet has not been helpful to us this far in finding alternative resources for this type of situation, but I know this community is rich in knowledge and compassion. What do you guys got? Thanks in advance. And the comment says, thank you so much for looking out for your neighbor. The only resource I have at this moment is in regards to the words wheelchair bound. And there's a link to an article by the Huffington Post saying, Stop saying wheelchair bound and other outdated offensive terms. And Katie said, this is 2018 in one image. And you said, LMAO. Yeah, so what do you think of this? I don't have thoughts. I mean, it's just, you're right. Like, that's how people are these days. It's like, we're not going to help you help this person. We're going to focus on your improper use of a term that is apparently outdated. I had no idea, A, that wheelchair bound was a term, and then yeah. B, that if it was a term, it was outdated. Or inappropriate to use. Yeah. Or insensitive when it's missing the entire point that this person is asking people for help as she's trying to help this wheelchair bound person. What was she supposed to say? Disabled? I don't I, know. I don't know, Delaney. <laughs> well, maybe uh, we should read the article. I mean, I just think it it, it encapsulates the policing of language too in 2018 that's just ridiculous right that people are more likely to call you out for things than help you out for things i mean how do you you think we should stop using wheelchair bound i have no thoughts on the term wheelchair bound okay and maybe we're offending a lot of people right now by repeating the term wheelchair bound get offended it's not my problem there are certain words I think that people use regularly that are offensive and should not be used anymore. Wheelchair bound is not one of them. <laughs> right, but I always find this like a, a a funny thing where like who decides who is the arbiter of like what are the mm-hmm. appropriate words and what are not. True. And it's like, oh, cut me a break. Well, now you know. And once again, that like there's like context matters. Like there's a difference between like using a racial slur in a hateful way and just you right. know, using 
politically incorrect terms. Mm-hmm. And there seems to be, like, in 2018, no distinction between the two. I agree. You tweeted a link to a Wall Street Journal article. The Wall Street Journal article is written by Stephen F. Hayward. And he says, Oh boy, this is going to get me in trouble. Um, and his article is titled, Climate Change Has Run Its Course. And you said, perhaps, but worth writing. Now, I actually read this article. Oh. And I think that the article was trying to point out that, right, that it's been politicized too much when really it shouldn't even have its place in politics anymore. Is that what he was trying to say? Um, yeah. He wasn't denying that climate change doesn't, isn't a thing. He was more so making the point that it's run its course in politics is what I took away from the article. But I could be wrong, so I'd like to hear your thoughts. Why do you think it's necessary that he writes this? Oh, that just that anybody who questions the impending doom of climate change and that we're all, you know, about to die and we're terrible to the environment and, you know, is a climate change denier. You know, has a very, like, religious overtone to it. Like, Say more about that. What, what know, do you mean? Here we are in original sin. The environment was perfect and then us humans ruined it. And only through atonement of doing these things. I've never you- heard it spoken of that way. No, I know. I'm analyzing it. I'm analyzing, like, how climate change is perceived and discussed and internalized in our society. I don't think it's perceived and discussed that way. Oh, I I would say definitely. People, like, treat it like a religion, like environmentalism. People see their identity as it, and they see the environment as being this, like, perfect thing that humans then, like, interfere with and ruin, and that we have to, like, you know, atone for our sins by driving Priuses and, like, carbon taxes, the Kyoto Agreement and the Paris Agreement. And if we don't, we'll all perish, you know, this kind of eschatological end of times, you know, is upon us. And I think he was pointing out, mm, I don't think climate change is going to come and ruin us all. Perhaps not. Definitely not going to ruin us. It won't ever catch up with us. But do you not think climate change is real? Well, see, the, the climate change is such an actual nuanced um, discussion because there's climate change, and there's man-made climate change, and then there's like, well, what what is man doing that is causing climate change? What's the evidence behind it? And then on top of that, there is what are the ramifications of climate change? And so is the climate changing? Yes. Is there man-made climate change? Probably. What are the effects of it into the future? Hard to tell. All our statistical models have not been very accurate. Keep going. I don't know anything about these statistical models, so if you could well, shed some light on that, I think that'd be helpful. Since the mid-2000s, every um, UN white paper on it, has, as the years have gone by, have increasingly hedged down and down and down and down. As in like, well, you know, first the earth was going to rise by X amount of temperature and the sea level is going to rise by this. And then they're like, well, it actually only rise by this amount. And then, you know, two years from now, well, it actually only rise by this amount. And the problem is that, like, when you're dealing with complex systems, you have this, uh, humans have this tendency to, like, do linear graphing, which is like, okay, we document it at this year as this temperature, and we document it in this year as this temperature, and it's increased three years in a row. Therefore, if we draw a line this way, it'll increase in this this manner. And given this, it, it'll be a disaster. But, I mean, we, we can't predict the future, you know, five years from now, let alone a hundred years from now, and the, this hubris of man that just thinks we can, you know, predict with any certainty what the, what the global climate is going to be like 50 years from now is ridiculous in my mind. I'm not the only one that thinks this. I know, I'm, and I'm not, I'm not saying I disagree with you. Um, 
I mean, for instance, in the 1960s, global cooling was a big worry. Okay. In the scientific and political community that, like, we're, we're about to hit a new ice age. Hmm. And that this is going to be a disaster. Well, it turned out no. <laughs> or, you know, or you have Matthias, the, the famous, I mean, sociolo- sociologist who thought the population bomb is going to be a be upon us we're going to quickly run out of resources there's going to be too much population by the 1950s everybody's going to be starving no i mean it's modern day evolution happening a lot quicker we're adapting yeah humans are surprisingly adaptable exactly and surprisingly willing to believe in end of time scenarios their time is you know oh the end of time like, oh, stop. <laughs> i mean i don't think we're gonna see it it'll happen someday <laughs> right it'll happen when the you know sun expands and slowly heats the earth and then engulfs us in the sand of earth. Wow, that's how you envision it, huh? So you've thought about this. I've never thought about it. Well, the earth, I mean, the sun will expand. <laughs> you say that so matter-of-factly. It will. It, you know, it'll expand. It'll grow in size. It's, its core starts to slow down and the earth will disappear. It'll get engulfed and then the star will slowly collapse upon itself and that'll be the end of our galaxy. Do you think that by then we'll have found another planet to live on? Well, Elon Musk is trying for us. Or maybe we, we we live in a space station, you know, like Xenon. Yeah. Do you know who Xenon is? No. <gasps> oh my gosh, I forgot because you, you didn't have TV. Mm-mm. You didn't know Disney Channel original Mm-mm. movies. God. The fact that you and I cannot sit here and bond over Xenon and Xenon the sequel is a tragedy. Oh, there's a sequel. The sequel. Oh, the Xenon. Okay. <laughs> And what was the plot of Xenon? You know, it's been a long time, but uh, there's like this cool hip teenage girl who lives on a space station, and it's about her life on her space station. Um, well, uh, I, what did you think of the article? I guess my thing was like, like I said, climate change has been really politicized, and it's being used as like again, like, uh, or if you believe in climate change, you're liberal, you're on the left. If you don't believe it you're conservative on the right you know it's like another thing that's been used to divide us and i and it has been taken up as this huge like social justice cause um and i think his call was just to be like yo let's like slow down a little bit yeah the climate is changing but we don't need to be like trying to remedy it through all of the government and we don't need it to be another dividing factor just it is what it is and we can slowly mitigate it by doing certain things on our own right which I agreed with that part. I mean, I think climate change is a real thing, but the climate and yeah, global I mean, temperatures have been changing all of time. Yeah, I don't dispute that climate is changing. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we as humans are helping it in any way. Right, but even the premise that a greenhouse effect is necessarily bad is debatable. I guess you bring to light a good point. I was actually thinking about this today in class. So not only do I teach math, I'm supposed to be responsible for teaching Science. Mm-hmm. I'm <laughs> a science teacher. We were talking about evolution and how animals have adapted over time. Um, right. And I was just thinking, actually, because I had read this article, I think probably that, yeah, you know, the ice caps, they say they're melting and all these things are happening, but animals are surprisingly super fit. They know how to evolve and they will and they will be able to survive. Alec retweeted a tweet from John Levine, Levine, and John said, quote, Inbox, Christopher Wallace, executive producer of Fox News at night with Shannon Bream, apologizes for segment suggesting Philadelphia Eagles players kneeling in prayer were national anthem protesters. So this is what um, 
the executive producer Fox News said, quote, during our report about President Trump canceling the Philadelphia Eagles trip to the White House to celebrate their Super Bowl win, we showed unrelated footage of players <laughs> kneeling in prayer. To clarify, no members of the team knelt in protest during the national anthem throughout regular or postseason last year. We apologize for the error. Yeah, this is just classic media being sleazy. So Philadelphia Eagles were invited to the White House. They didn't, and most of them didn't. They didn't want to go. They didn't want to go, or they didn't end up being able to go due to scheduling conflicts, whatever have you. Donald Trump tweets, they're like, well, you're disinvited, you know, that's what you get for kneeling or hiding in the locker room, and Fox News, of course, covers this little incident, and on their television broadcast, they're they're showing, like, oh, the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, they've just gotten disinvited, how un-American, and they're showing the clips of Philadelphia Eagles, like, praying or kneeling, but they're, they're total clips out of context. They weren't during the national anthem, they weren't, you know... They had nothing to do with anything. In fact, the Philadelphia Eagles, not a single player during last year's NFL season, kneeled during the national anthem. Yeah. So it's just like it was it was misleading to the point of like kind of lying to the audience. Well, and you know, that I mean, I, I'm going to read Trump's tweet right here. Yeah. Trump said the Philadelphia Eagles football team was in was invited to the White House. Unfortunately, only a small number of players decided to come and we canceled the event. Staying in the locker room for the playing of our national anthem is as disrespectful to our country as kneeling. Sorry. How are those things? He said, sorry. And I'm asking, how are those things related? They're not, right? Like, no, they didn't it, even ever kneel. No, he's just trying to politicize the NFL and the Philadelphia Eagles to his own end. But the Philadelphia Eagles are not even guilty right. of the, quote, crime Donald Trump, you know, I'm rolling my them. eyes. And then Fox News does nothing but re, you know, reemphasize on. on it. Yeah. The thing that gets me is that some producers sat there in a room and realized they couldn't find any clips of the Philadelphia Eagles kneeling during the national anthem. So what they did is then went out and tried to find other clips of the national anthem kneeling for prayer. Right. I mean, and then they they had to premeditate that. They realized what they were doing and they're like, "Yeah, we'll, we'll do it anyway." I mean, come on. <sighs> That's sleazy. Yeah. The media Super sleazy. So, I'd just like to let you know, let the audience know, I have no problem calling out the New York Times or Fox News. <laughs> I don't care. If you're, if you're being sleazy, I'll notice it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really wrong that they did that. Um, and it bothers me that Donald Trump tries to like put those two things together when really it was just, no one wanted to come to your White House, man. Get over it. Okay, this is the last tweet. And you said... Um, Good thread for context on the Supreme Court of the United States ruling. This is a long thread. Right. So, uh, Do you want to talk uh, about the ruling and yeah, then so kind what, of what you learned you, from this thread? Do you know what happened in this ruling? Do you know what ruling we're talking about the Supreme Court of the United States? Yeah, I don't know the details, but there was like a gay couple that asked a baker to bake their cake. Yep. And the baker refused um, for their own personal like religious beliefs that, that didn't align with them. Mm-hmm. And the Supreme Court actually sided with the baker. Mm-hmm. Right, okay, so with that being said, what are your thoughts on this? I get that people are arguing this discrimination and the Supreme Court is saying, elite setting a precedent that now um, companies can discriminate against people, but like, just go find another baker. I guess some people are like, it's the principle of the thing, like, shouldn't be discrimination and discrimination should be against the law, but again, go find another baker. If I liked a guy and he didn't like me, I'm not gonna be like, you're discriminating against me, I'm gonna move along. Okay, so uh, let's break it down. I, I agree with you on a pragmatic level. Mm-hmm. 
that like yeah just go get a different baker and you're right in the sense that like you're cutting to the heart of the matter that this gay couple actually specifically targeted this baker because they knew this was a christian baking company it was kind of a test case and they really? pushed it yeah so this gay couple is not totally innocent and they're right. like oh you know no 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 that being said if we take this application of like Baker has a right to refuse to make a cake for gay couples. Well, let's say a interracial couple is getting married. Can the baker refuse it then? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's say we have a diner and a black person walks in. Can the diner refuse to serve the black person? Aligning with what I said previously, the correct answer is yes. But no, I'm like, no, that's terrible. I think we've moved past that. <laughs> so you've caught me here. Right. So I'm not, I'm like not necessarily disagreeing with you and neither is the Supreme Court. So that this like logical argument that we just went through here about like, what about this? What about this? The Supreme Court recognized the kind of slippery slope mm-hmm. here of like, well, hmm. and so they actually wrote, like ruled very narrowly in the sense that while this baker does have the right to refuse service because it's a conscious of religion and it interferes with his specific religious views, this does not set a precedent that's saying that businesses actually have the right to refuse service to gay couples um, because then you could start using this precedent for other things. Yeah. I um, mean, they, they were very specific in saying the only time you can refuse service based on sexual orientation, for instance, is if it directly interferes with your conscience of religion. So this would only apply, this Supreme Court ruling would only apply in very specific cases of like a priest refusing to marry a gay couple because it went across, you know, against their religious sect. Right. I was reading and it, it made it seem like they were trying to make it so, yeah, it couldn't be taken very broadly. Um, but I think that requires like understanding of how the Supreme Court works. So do you want to talk a little bit more about the Supreme Court and like the precedents and that sort of idea? Well, all laws ultimately like set on precedents, right? I mean, and also the concept of judicial review, which is that the Supreme Court is ultimately viewed as like the organic living um, interpretation of the Constitution. Right. Um, interpretation of the Constitution is a huge point, though, because everyone interprets it differently. Some right. people take so the- it very literally. Some people um, are very like open with it and you know so that's why the supreme court is the final say on what the constitution is Mm -hmm. and they are the final people who get to really interpret it and right and um, so whatever they say is then built on precedent so like they were concerned that with this ruling people mm -hmm. could suddenly like the diner could suddenly say well i don't want to serve these black people i don't want to serve these jews Mm -hmm. look at the supreme court ruled and said it was okay for this baker to reserve gay people what's the difference you know i don't like jews and the supreme court was like Mm, no you can only refuse things in specific cases when it over like when it's against your religious conscious you know so you that this could not be used as a precedent to discriminate in other ways to be honest i was surprised that they rolled with the baker and it was seven to two right yeah i'm not that surprised because freedom of conscience mm-hmm. is taken very seriously in our country mm-hmm and the idea of being able to practice and live in accordance with your religion. And so, like, you have two very strong ideas colliding in the Supreme Court case, which is, like, right. can't, you can't mm-hmm. discriminate against sexual orientation, gender, you know, race, mm-hmm. human traits that you have no decision over. Um, and then also the idea that people should be able to practice and live according to their conscience. And so that's that's why you've got such a very specific application so just being like on the opposite end here like say they had ruled with the side of the gay couple right okay and what would the ramifications have been so they sided with a gay couple then the opposite could be used and 
a gay couple could then sue any priest, for instance, hypothetically, and say they're refusing to marry me. And then the priest could be found to mean like guilty of discrimination and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. And they didn't want to do that either. They didn't want to suddenly allow, you know, to run rampant over the religious freedoms right. that people have. Right. So thus, thus you see the very like tightrope the Supreme mm-hmm. Court walked on this right. case. Yeah. I think initially I would have been like, oh, they should side with the gay couple, like discrimination, blah, blah, blah. But then the more I like thought about it, the more like I understand why they did what they did. And I think a lot of people who are like freaking out now and saying this is such a huge loss for us don't understand all the nuances to it and the reasoning behind it. They're just like, oh, discriminate. How how could they not have cited because of discrimination? So I think it's really valuable to sit down and actually like really understand why they did what they did. Right. Because... To be honest, I kind of like commend the Supreme Court and their like thoughtfulness thoughtfulness to like realizing whatever we say here has the potential to set a precedent that could be very disastrous on either side. Mm -hmm. Because I, you know, I don't think you should be able to discriminate against gay people, but I also don't think I completely. I don't. I also don't think a priest should be forced to, you know, marry a man and a man if if if, according to like by the law, if if it was against their religion. Mm You know, it, I once again would take the argument that the gay people find a different priest exactly. or captain to marry them. But, you know, at the same time, you don't want suddenly being like, well, we don't want to serve Jews. Mm-hmm. I so, completely yeah, agree. So it's, you know. I appreciate your logical um, reasoning and how you are like, well, what about if it was an interracial couple? What about if it was like. <laughs> okay. Usual questions. Yeah. How do you feel about Twitter? Scale one to 10. Actually, I was reflecting on Twitter this week. I'm not going to say I'm like, oh my God, 10, I'm about to get one. I think there's value to Twitter being a place where you can um, share your thoughts openly. Because like, I'm not one to really share things on Facebook. I don't even check Facebook every day and like share my thoughts there. But I have thoughts on things that are happening in the world. And it, you could easily share them on Twitter and like share articles and things like that that you think are valuable. And I think I would be more likely to do that on Twitter than on Facebook. Also because on Facebook, you like open up the discussion for people to respond. I'm like, I'm not really trying to get you to respond. I just want to put this out there for you to think about. <laughs> but I'm not trying to always engage in a conversation about it with you. Or for you to sit here and tell me I'm wrong and why. No, 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 no. I understand all the re- like all the sides to it. Mm-hmm. But I just want you to think about it. Okay. So, 1 to 10, where are we at? this week a six six okay <laughs> all right i'll so, give it a six all right. give it some more credit <laughs> do you have any do you have any questions feel free to send them in yeah send us some questions all right bye-bye for now see you next week